I'm Jake. I'm Steve. And I'm Peter. And, and we're, we're T11s. Peter, tighten it up. Forget it up. Ten, 10 episodes this in is, better. This is our 10th time doing this. Never different, Peter. Never different. Counting all different ideas drifting away. Past and present, that don't matter, not a future sorted out. Watch your it's our season it's our season finale we're like the first season of ted lasso we're just finishing on a high and people are going to be clamoring for us for minus the all month. the fanship and accolades but yeah it's just like <laughs> yeah the and the lasso. money don't forget the money there's, and the know. money there's no money in this none none but maybe that's something we can talk to our next guest about to see you know what we can what support we can get for season two because this there's is a budget for this <laughs> uh, i am i'm nervous guys i'm very nervous it's the um, most nervous I've ever been. And Peter has put himself on mute and looks like he's having a heart attack. He's like quite literally. Oh my we goodness. Were- Listener, Peter Giordano may not be with us for this podcast. <laughs> he is choking like he may not survive. He's swallowed an ice cube or a bunch of feathers. I'm I'm also so nervous. This podcast literally just joked, choked on a sip of beer like I've never had a sip of beer in my life well we're making a really good impression on this Pull guest so far your act together holy smokes my eyes are watering can't even read my script now oh my gosh all right well, well we're waiting we're waiting peter you've trained for this all your life let's go well, without further ado let's just get into it well for our season finale i think we've really outdone ourselves this time if i do say so myself our guest today she's the middle of five children she was a cheerleader in high school, which I don't think is something many of us would have guessed. Knowing we'll have her. to dive into that. That's a 30-minute 30, <laughs> mm-hmm. segment. She has a scholarship named after her. I don't know where. I don't know how, but we will find out. Uh, before COVID, she spent a lot of time in your home country, Steve. She spent every summer uh, on a little island in a lake in Ontario. So, you know, you guys might have something in common. Oh, I love that. And... She has a 22-year-old and a 16-year-old granddaughter. Whoa. That's a a thinker. No, we did not have a T11 classmate who was this far along in life. Our guest today, to wrap up season one, is the one and only associate dean for the MBA program at the Tuck School of Business at Dartmouth. Guys, it's Sally Yeager. Hey. Hey, Sally. Sally. Hey guys, I'm so excited to be here. Sally, we're so excited to see you. I, and I'm surprised to see you as well. That that you said yes is maybe the one strike against you for like that this you can do better than this for sure. It was too intriguing to say no. <laughs> <laughs> I had to see what this was all about. Sally, we're not joking when we say that we were all nervous. We were talking earlier today. We we're like on every episode, we always have a drink. I was like, guys, is it okay to have a drink in front of Sally? Then I remembered I'm basically a 40-year-old yeah. man. I'm allowed to have a beer, but I was still nervous doing so in front of you. Some things never change. 
Yeah. <laughs> Sally, I actually think I'm really disappointed that I'm not eating Spanakopita in front of you because that's, I feel like every time I saw you, it was at Tucktails and I had a mouthful of Spanakopita <laughs> alongside some sort of long trail product that Halsey probably brought. Yeah. And the Spanakopita are still there. Once are we they? get back to Tucktails, <laughs> they will still be there. Is there just like a big basement of, of frozen Spanakopita that you just like pull out by the pallet full? I, you know, they branched off into mini tacos. Oh, interesting. So, interesting. Well, we'll it, have to come up for that. When we bring Tucktails back. Oh, right. Oh, gosh. We have so much to cover. Yeah, so much to cover. Well, Sally, we were all talking earlier today. And we think that we should start at the beginning. And I, I, I think that you are the, if I have to summarize it, I think you're the least known, well-known person at Tuck. And I mean that in the most loving way possible. Everybody loves you. Everyone knows you. But at least among the three of us, we were like, we don't actually know that much about Sally. Like, we don't know how you got to Tuck, what your background is, where you're from. So can you bring us up to speed a little bit on, you know, kind of your upbringing and then what eventually got you to Tuck? Sure. It's, it's pretty basic. Um, I grew up in Riverside, Connecticut, which I found out earlier is the home of Jake and Ashley. That's right. As a matter of fact, they live close to where I grew up um, and spent a lot of time. But I grew up in Riverside, Connecticut. I went to college in upstate New York. I went to Hobart and William Smith Colleges. Mm -hmm. um, from there, I went in, did a little bit of graduate work, went into higher education right away, got married along the way, got divorced along the way. And then I, I was working at the University of Pennsylvania. So I was living in Philadelphia, working mm -hmm. at Penn and was uh, getting married again. So my husband, Dick, was the direct he was the athletic director I'm trying to think of what his job was at the time uh, but he was the athletic director at Dartmouth and so I had worked at Dartmouth for a period of time in the undergraduate admissions office and left and moved to Philadelphia so and that's when I met Dick we were getting married so I was moving back to Hanover and I was looking for a job <clears throat> knew I didn't want to go do undergraduate admissions, but there were two jobs open. One was at Tuck in the admissions office and one was at the medical school uh, in the admissions office. And I interviewed for both jobs and got offered the Tuck job and took it. So I started out in the admissions office and was there in the admissions office for nine years. I was the director of admissions Oh wow! for six years. So you guys are lucky that I was not the admissions director. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That was my been first rejected. Yeah. So you would not be doing this podcast right now. Right. No way would we have been Tuck alums. <laughs> and what a loss that would be. Yeah. So, Wait, what, what year are we talking, Sally? When were you in the admissions office? I started in 93. And in 2002, I moved over. They created the MBA program office. It didn't even exist for the oh, longest. It, there was an office of student affairs, I think. So they created the MBA program office and Steve Lebrano and I went in to the MBA program office kind of as the co-directors um, in 2002. 
Yeah, the class of 04 was my last class from an admissions perspective. Okay. Um, and so since 02, I've been in the MBA program office and just grown, grown my reach, my territory, all those things that I'm <laughs> responsible for. And this shows my lack of history, but did Donna take over when you gave up the reins at that no, time? No, there, there, there was a woman named Christine Locke. And oh, so Christine was my advisor on my FSIB trip to India. Okay. Yeah. Christine took over for me. So I think she was there for three years and then Donna took over um, after Christine left. Donna has a soft spot in the, in our hearts because she was such a good sport with our admissions uh, videos when we were oh, at nice. Tech. She was yeah, so she was funny. Great. <laughs> she was great. Sally, so you mentioned that you've kind of grown your purview over time. You mentioned to me um, over email before this podcast that you now have oversight of admissions, the MBA program office, and career services. Mm -hmm. So you are basically responsible for people getting into Tuck, at Tuck, and leaving Tuck. So there's pretty much nothing else <laughs> left. So tell us, you know, what's your day? What's your week? What's your year? Like, how do you divide your focus among those three uh, cohorts of students? A lot of it started just pre-COVID. So it was the summer before. So, you know, it was for me with career services, it was spending a lot of time with Stephen Pigeon learning about career services. You know, I, that's my, the area of least familiarity with me. Uh, and Stephen's amazing. I'm so lucky to be working with him. Um, and then with admissions, um, we had a new director. His name uh, is, but he's not the director anymore, Luke Pena. So Luke had come from Stanford and he was with us for what, three years, I think. And now he's back at Stanford um, in a different position. So right now, Amy Mitson and Pat Harrison, who have been in admissions for a long time, are acting co-directors. So it's just working with them. Um, and admissions is easy. I get it. I understand it. I still love admissions. So this Luke Pena guy, do we hate him? Like, are we trash talking him right now? Or no. is he a good guy that just made a mistake and went back to Stanford? <laughs> yeah, he, he got an offer he couldn't refuse. So, well, if Luke Pena is listening, he has an open invite to come on the pod. We want to hear his side of the story. <laughs> but you heard I'm it right sure here. He's, I'm sure he's we don't listening. like this guy. <laughs> no, I did not say that. <laughs> okay, so Sally, you just talked about admissions, you talked about career services. Let's talk about what we all think of you as, which is the middle section, and that's running the MBAPO and putting up with Steve and the other people on the student board that you had to deal with on a, on a weekly basis. What makes you want to pull your hair out? Dealing with Steve and the other people. I'll drink to that, Sally. It, you know, it's um, nothing makes me want to pull my hair out. It's just nothing surprises me anymore um, after all of these years. And you just kind of roll with it. I've learned never to say no. I've just learned that you guys are going to do whatever you want to do anyways. So it doesn't really matter what I say. And people learn that when 
they use confetti cannons inside and shoot them off <laughs> and people spill beer that it it stains the carpet steve knows <laughs> that steve knows that halloween 2009 or oh, was it halloween 2010 was always bad yeah, always the bad. halloween parties were always bad mm. they were some of the worst from I will just tell you, so Sally, from my perspective, I know this is shared with both Peter and Steve. Our perception of what you do is that you essentially run Tuck. Like, where does the MBA program office begin and end? Because it does feel like you're involved in so many of the social aspects of, you know, what goes on at the school, but certainly heavily involved in, you know, classes, curriculum, and so forth, and everything in between. But you know, I think it is everything. It's, you know, just kind of helping everybody through the program, every aspect of your life when it's, you know, just getting to school, getting the things that you need, your keys, your ID card, classes, you know, not going to class, going to class, um, <laughs> you know, disagreements with faculty, um, you know, it's just jumping in there whenever you can. And it's just kind of helping people maneuver through the two years with everything. Um, if you need a dentist, if you need somebody to take care of your dog, if you need a ride somewhere, you know, I kind of just thinking about all the things that we've done, it's pretty much everything. Looking at apartments for people who didn't get on campus housing. So how much of your day, Sally, is putting out fires or dealing with these ad hoc requests as opposed to actually having time to like think long-term and strategically and like working on the vision of the school, because I would imagine you could fill your whole day with looking at apartments and walking people's dogs in refereeing disagreements about who threw the pumpkin into the wall at the Halloween. Oh, I was going to bring up the pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who did it? I think I do. <laughs> okay, oh, we'll leave it at right. that. Wow, that's great. Oh. down the stairs, and didn't they break one of the sconces? One of the so. Uh, I thought there was like thrown against like one of the TVs in a study room or something. Oh, okay. Who who knows? Urban urban legend. A lot of my day. Back to your question, Peter. A lot of my day is spent with those the, the daily things. You know, everybody in the MBA program office really prides themselves on having an open door policy. And just so anybody can come by at any time with any issues they want to talk about. And I think that's something that's really unique to us. I don't think a lot of other schools have that. There we are in Tuck Hall. Doors are always open. People know it's a safe place. Um, they can come in and kick the chair. I, they can come in and yell at me. Um, I, I, but it's, it's just, and that's the best part of the job. You know, thinking strategically is great, but it's not as satisfying as getting to know you guys, getting to know people. That's the best part of the job. You know, I think that's one of the questions that you asked. What do I like best? What, what has been the most rewarding part of it is just knowing that I can hop on Zoom and see you guys and we can pick up right where we left off 10 years ago. That's the best part of the job is knowing all of these people 
all these years. Um, but having shared their lives as crazy as their those part that part of their lives. Again, seeing you guys all grown up and living in respectful homes <laughs> and having <laughs> children is is not something I would have seen 10 years ago. Are you implying that the home that Jake and I shared on two Moreland road was not respectful? Yeah. I think Jolyn Kish would have something to say (laughs) about that. (laughs) You know, Jolyn still, she owns more houses now than she owns everything. She would be the, an incredible star of a documentary, like some sort of documentary that just kind of like follows her around as like the Hanover real estate kingpin. Totally. Uh, and, I mean, are Jake, do you, Jake, do you remember the story, Sally? You'll get a kick out of this. When we were first years and Jake and I uh, decided we wanted to get that house and JoLynn was the landlord, I emailed my brother who had been a T09 who had also lived in a JoLynn house and I'd heard stories about her. So I emailed him and said, hey, Michael, send me the email of your crazy landlord. And he wrote back saying, no problem, here it is. She's She is crazy. He accidentally CC'd her on the reply. Oh, no. <laughs> and I remember I went bust, Jake and I lived across the hall from each other. I went like busting into Jake's room, like in full on crisis mode, thinking we're never getting never- this house. I made Jake do all the emailing. I don't even know if I went to see the house. Only three people were allowed on the lease, so I didn't put my name on the lease. I was like so nervous. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that was miserable. And then, and and I re- subsequently I remember, and I promise this will get you know back to actual serious questions, Sally. But um, we had two pong tables in the garage, and she came over and took one of them, put them up against the wall, and then had like one of the people that works for her move all this furniture into one side of the garage. Do you remember that? Yes. And so we couldn't actually use both sides of the garage. She just yes. like got it down. She said one of the sides of the garage was hers. And then she showed up in the middle of our pig roast. We auctioned off a pig roast at Tuck Gives second year, and there were like oh, 30 of us right. in like wife beaters roasting a pig on a <laughs> spit in the front yard. And she showed up unannounced with prospective tenants to rent the house for the summer. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, I mean, what a great way to sell the house. Like, That's you're going to enjoy yourself here. Just, oh. you know, yeah, get she- it professionally cleaned beforehand. <laughs> He, I, you know, I think about some of the situations that students had with her. She had a house and a tree fell on the house and there was a storm tree fell on the house. There were tech students who were living there and she wanted them to continue to live there, even though there was a big hole in the roof. (laughs) And she was like, you guys can move over to the other side. You know, two people can bunk up in one room and I'll put a tarp over the roof. Was Um, that, was that like um neil's house and tj's house i'm wondering if that was actually during it may not have been during our year it was over by the co-op the hanover co-op yes yeah okay that was like seabass's house and those oh, guys yes yeah Shall yeah. so you teased something there that i, I want to go back to because it like blew me away i remember going to see you in your office either for advice or um, to apologize and seek like, I guess, penance for having done something terrible, like, you know, the Halloween party where, where we destroyed the school. You mentioned that, you know, people being in your office, like yelling at you, has that happened? And if so, what on earth is someone doing yelling at you? And what about? It, there was a situation with a 
unhappy student one time, a long time ago. They did not end up staying at the tech school. Ah, gotcha. Gotcha. I was always delighted with the the incredibly high percentage of our class that loved being there. And I think it just has to do with the fact that everyone kind of self-selects into this lifestyle of living in the middle of nowhere for two years with strangers. And, but for me, like I can, I mean, maybe one or two people that really, you know, just didn't like being up in, in Hanover and at Tuck, but pretty much everyone was on board for it. You guys, you guys had a, or have still a great class. So we always made a pictorial because it went digital but we always needed something where we could just kind of look at people's pictures. And so, but looking through it, I'm like, oh my God, you know, just you guys had a great class. Well, thank you. We appreciate that. that we do appreciate that. And I, I hate to ask that so positive, but one thing that we were talking about, there, there are bad classes, right? Like just between just us <laughs> for Sally, like there are some yes. real ducks, There are right? some bad classes. <laughs> no. There's like the lore that every other right. class yeah, is sort of like. Yeah, the odds and the evens. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. That's just folklore, Peter. Yeah. But there are, st- there are stinkers is what you're saying. There are a few there, stinkers. In yeah, there. there are a few stinkers. There was a stinker class a couple of years ago. So <laughs> they all know who they are. So I don't have to say anything. Are there, because there are a handful of sort of traditional days that happen throughout the two years. Are there outside of investor, which is his own kind of special beast, favorite days of the year for you or for the administrators. And they can't be like, oh, just because we got the day off and we didn't have to see these yahoos, like, you know, something <laughs> that had something to do with, you know, I, talk. You know, I class photo day is always one of yeah. my favorite days. Yeah. Um, it's just such a celebration. It's just so much fun to see everybody there all dressed up. And everybody's happy and just, and the celebration with the first years as they celebrate the second years. And it's just, it's a happy day. It's a great day. And I, you know, the champagne toast, thinking about all these things too, and we couldn't do any of them this year. So so tough. Talk to us a little bit about that, Sally, because I'm sure everyone is curious what it's been like at Tuck over the last 18 months, especially the Portee 21 class that basically had the second half of their first year and their entire second year totally blown up. What did Tuck look like last year? It, it was, it was such a different place. All the doors were locked. So the Uh. only people allowed in the buildings were students, faculty, and staff, but nobody was there. We were all told in March um, that you had to work remotely. You know, everything just changed. Classes overnight, you know, classes went remotely or virtual. We had, right before spring break, there was a party at a place in White River Junction called the Engine Room that no longer exists. Like so many great places in Um, although White River Junction is up and coming. It's shame um, on me. I Yeah, I, I was gonna say I that and I just I'd you know, Steve with that elitist attitude. Anyway, Sally, we didn't mean to cut you off there. No, no, no. But there it was a party. You know, we used to have that uh, suits and stethoscopes party. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever had that. 
with the MBA students and the uh, med students. I don't think we had that. Maybe, no. Yeah. Well, I don't they think have, we did. So, well, we'll never have it again. But this wasn't with med students. It with, was with residents, thinking that they're a little more age appropriate um, with the MBA students. But it was at the engine room. And it turned out there was a, a resident who had traveled to Italy and was oh, infected. No. And so it just kind of created this whole thing. You know, that back then they didn't know that the, the virus was airborne. Um, they thought it was through contact. So I think we had a lot of students who did get sick. We just don't know because again, spring break happened. Um, and again, no travel, no international travel. Some people did, but we canceled any school sponsored international travel. And then we came back and everything was remote, everything. Mm. And it just stayed that way. And again, we kind of went into this the same way everybody else said, oh, it's just going to be a couple of weeks. Oh, it's just going to be spring term. And then when we went into um, this past year, it was, you know, the T22s coming in, never had a chance to really get to meet their classmates. Everybody was in their room. You know, everything was on Zoom. Everything was in their room. Oh, so no even, gatherings. Even though students were there on campus, they were still doing Zoom classes from their rooms. Yep. Zoom classes from their room. You couldn't eat and burn. All food was pick up and go back to your room and eat wow. it or eat it someplace else, but you couldn't eat in groups. So no gatherings of more than nine people. If you were going to have food and drink, it had to be outside, which is great in September and October. Um, and you had to be six feet apart. You know, it didn't actually dawn on me until right now, just the, this idea of living in like a Whittemore room and doing all of this from one of those rooms, which, I mean, it's a great dorm during normal times, but not a place you want to be holed up for an entire year. Yeah, it was hard. It was, you know, with the 21s, at least they were all off campus. So they had a little more flexibility, a lot more freedom. Um, although, you know, again, no great big, no parties, you know, no no champagne toast, um, no class photo. I mean, no formals, no fall formal, no winter carnival. Winter carnival this past year was on the golf course in the in the spring. Oh, wow. Did, did any, Sally, did any, um, any of the professors at Tuck really like lean into like the remote learning like putting some extra razzle dazzle in their uh you know zoom performances i'm kind of who who rose to the top in that one? Oh god i you know, argenti of course that's not surprising okay oh, that that's not a surprise at all um I, you know i just think the faculty did a really good job they really did you know, they, they went through a lot of training, people who did not, weren't comfortable with it or didn't know anything about Zoom. Joe Hall did a fabulous job. Joe is the Senior Associate Dean for Teaching and Learning. So this all kind of fell in his lap, but he did an amazing job pulling the faculty together. Oh, and, love and Joe Hall. Joe Hall. Oh, I have a picture amazing. of Joe Hall on my wall. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I think the faculty, again, the faculty for the most part just really embraced it. They had to. They had no choice at all. You know, Dean Slaughter did a great job. He taught his course 
and, you know, there were a lot of really good things that came of it for visitors. You know, think of, we had some tremendous visitors to talk and they didn't have to come to Hanover. So um, much greater access. But again, it's, you don't want to live in your Whittemore room for a whole year. Mm-hmm. So you brought up, um, you know, uh, Dean Slaughter and, and Peter and Jake and I were talking about this among ourselves. Um, who do you think would win in a boxing match between Dean Hansen and Dean Slaughter? I think Dean Slaughter would because he moves around he so does. much. He does. Those, those, arms, always those arms have reach. <laughs> That's so true. You couldn't track that. Nope. I'm, I'm going to just say I'm not, I'm not counting out my, the silver fox. I mean, the guy is wily and. He would know when to go in for. He would. That's true. He would. He would keep final. it in re- reserve. That's yep. right. I you agree. don't. You don't bet against Dean Hanson. <laughs> no, Sally. It's a. It's a thinker. It is. Um, Sally, before we we move on from the student experience thing, just briefly, what's the plan for next year? What will the fall look like at Tuck? It, we're we're back to full density, um, according to the college. So much of what we've had to do, the college has dictated everything. Mm. Um, So we kind of follow their lead, but we'll be back in the classroom. Only fully, you have to be fully vaccinated um, to be in the classroom or have an exemption. But, you know, it's going to be a transitional year. Are you right now just during this period? I mean, because I know that, um, you know, while the school year ends, the year doesn't necessarily end for the administration is... Are there gatherings amongst teachers and faculty members right now? And are you sort of getting back to being in person or is still everything fully remote? Yeah, we're getting back to being in person as of August 1st. We are back in person and people have to start coming back to work. The T23s are coming already. Like we start or Tuck launches our new orientation program and that starts on August 9th. Wow. Wow. That's yeah. early. It is yeah. very early. Sally, outside of COVID, which is very unusual, of course, it's coming up on our 10 year reunion um, this year slash next year. How would the program look different to us? How has it evolved in the last 10 years? Um, <laughs> there's not a lot that's changed with the core. Uh, and that's, that's intentional. I think we did went through a curriculum review a couple of years ago and you know, talked with lots of alumni, um, lots of students, lots of faculty, and the, their overwhelming response was don't change the core. So what's changed with the core is kind of the calendar. So I can't remember, you guys had a nine week, two nine week, what? We were, the, I think we were the first class with the four week. Okay. Yes. Yes. That's right. Because I remember Peter, you were very upset about having class <laughs> yes. on Sat- was uh-huh. it Saturday. Uh, I thought it was Saturday. I thought it was pretty stupid that you guys gave us Labor Day off, but then made us go to school on Saturday. Like just make us go Monday through Friday. Who gives a crap? And you know what? We then changed it from that. There you go. So your lasting legacy while we had the four and the nine week terms. But I remember a, that now. 
Um, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see whether or not Peter's kids are accepted to talk <laughs> or if there's been like small notes that have been put next to his last name. Do not, not accept. Yeah. Brutal. Or we could please accept in spite of. Yeah. Please, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All the yeah. bitching and moaning. That's right. right. Yeah. But, but I forgot about that. So, yeah. So now we're back to two seven week terms. Oh. Um, so and orientation that used to be that week-long patchwork of programs it's now called tuck launch and professor finkelstein so sid has kind of taken over it's got a very strong academic focus and it's two weeks you know there's there's a lot of casework that goes they do yellow tail during tuck launch oh Oh, wow okay no agm anymore so um what what no No, really hold on (laughs) (laughs) just on our one of our one of our most recent episodes steve went on his soapbox about how he thinks that's one of the best classes at tuck because it's one of the few that pulls together like all your disciplines and teaches you to be a general manager well, I, I thought that uh, Argenti needed a bit of a confidence boost. So I, <laughs> I, 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 I. What? So was it replaced with something similar? Was it improved or was it just eliminated? It was eliminated. It got wrapped into Tuck Launch. So got basically it. It, it got pulled into Tuck Launch. We had to take some things out of the core because what we did, so deck science statistics are now analytics one and analytics two. And so um, they get a little bit of Dexi, a little bit of stats in both one and two, but it's just, it's much more uh, current. So the core, the core has changed a little bit. So you've got two seven week terms and in those seven week terms, you don't have the fall B that was just a killer fall B or the fall A for four, when you had Manac in four weeks. Um, but they've got Manac accounting, Mancom, and there's a, instead of AGM, um, it's a course called Managing People. So they kind of have a three sequence leadership course, Managing People. Winter term is what's really different because there's only two core courses now in winter term. They have corporate finance and GEM, and then they can take electives in the winter term. And marketing and strategy got moved into what used to be called fall B, but now we're calling fall term and fall A is now called summer term. And it's not, <laughs> it has nothing to, we had to do it for um, title four financial aid distribution reasons. Uh, yeah, the red tape. Exactly. It was all red <laughs> tape. But yeah, so fall A, fall B are both summer term, fall term, but seven weeks and marketing and strategy. Because everybody always wanted marketing and strategy moved up, moved out of the winter to have it in the fall. And that's one of the reasons why AGM had to go because we had to move stuff out of the fall to get marketing and strategy in there. So, and it's been good. Yeah, You know, I think it's really helped people for interviews and preparing for job stuff. Well, um, this has obviously been a huge pleasure and honor, Sally. are you, I would assume that you would be, and you are at all future reunions and will plan to be at our reunion, which is now scheduled to be May of 2022. Is that right? I think that's right. Yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah. We haven't I, had one in so long. 
I got to tell you, I feel there's a part of me that's like, I feel like I need to be there in the fall at some point yeah. in time. Like it just feels like the right time to go back to tuck. So if you get a phone call from us and we're on <laughs> 91 screaming up and uh, you know, just be ready, be ready for the call. Right. Um, thank you so much for coming um, on Peter. I don't know if you had any, I, I didn't mean to, you know, dive in here, but we really, really appreciate your, I think we've taken to, up enough of Sally's time, although we didn't, we didn't, we didn't learn where you have a scholarship named after you. At the Tuck School. You do? I do. Yep. Is that new? No, it was the class of 2004, which was oh. my last admissions class. That was their class gift. Oh, cool. It's a lack um, of preparation, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> that was a knowable fact. It wasn't. You let us all down. Ugh. <laughs> Account just worked a little harder. I know. <laughs> it was, um, yeah. And then the class of 2014 gave money to it. And then the class of 2018 for their class gifts did that as well. So, yeah. So that's great. Yeah. No one deserves it more, Sally. I, well, thank I know you guys. how we all, we all can't agree how much of a core part of the fabric of tuck you are and it is just so nice to see you and talk to you and have you join our little podcast project well there aren't many people i would agree to do this with <laughs> so, um, i am honored to have been included um, <laughs> like like sid sid finkelstein asked you on the podcast you say no <laughs> you're that's like hard no yeah right. that's, a hard, that's a hard no so, all right well we appreciate um, that this is a huge no. get for us yeah. this was a get we sat around as the three of us and we were like we we can't ask sally right like she would never she would never do that right yeah. and so we finally we got peter to work up the courage to ask you and then now here we are so thank you so much he guilted me into it I got, that's his that's his move yeah <laughs> the first email i got it and i'm like ah okay and then i just <laughs> forgot about it and then the next email i get i'm not going to ask you again wow, <laughs> wow. Peter. but you only asked me once <laughs> this is wow. it, was not, it, it wow. was not it was and, not that way at least it didn't it was, have that tone in my wow. head i apologize Popular. Popular if it came across that later, way. No, but I wrote away right away. I said, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> Steve, you asked who came into Sally's office, like screaming at her and yelling at her. I think we know the answer. To that <laughs> yeah. yeah. Knock the door off the hinges. <laughs> oh, he's sickening. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Sally. It was thank great to see you. Guys. All right. Good to see you all. Thanks, all right. Sally. Be all well. Right. Thanks again. Take care. Well, guys, there we have it. That's you know, my biggest my biggest takeaway from that is she is so much better than the three of us. Like <laughs> she was so much more interesting. She answered the question so much better than we asked them. That was amazing. I mean, I don't think that that was an outstanding question going into this podcast. I mean, she's been better for better than us from the get go. Just um, a reminder. But, yeah, no, it was a reminder. She's I mean, just so nice. She, she just really makes me is. so happy. She really is. You know, and this reminds me too. I mean, Sid Finkelstein with the podcast. I mean, we never even thought about 
Sid Finkelstein, sort of a podcast duel. I mean, I'd like to. Do you want to know something? I have a secret beef with Finkelstein. Oh, he's a a secret Canadian. Nothing. He strikes me as very American. I'm pretty. He went to Concordia University, which if you remember, that's the school we always played hockey against in Montreal. I'm pretty sure that he is Canadian. I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he's Canadian, but he never, ever talked about it, which as a Canadian, we always talk about it because we're just the most insecure people in the world. And so I need to know more about Finkelstein on that, that front. All right. Well, Sid, if you're listening, you and Luke Pena both have got uh, beefs on this podcast. I mean, Luke Pena, can he show his face? I Seriously, I mean, three years running admission, it's a lifetime opportunity. Yeah. Pena, come, come on. on. Um, well, that was that was fun. I'm so happy that Sally came on and just, man, can you imagine spending an entire year in like a Whittemore dorm with your classmates, but not being able to be like with your classmates? No. God. No. No. It makes me think that we got to like accept 100% of any outreach you get from a T21, you know? Absolutely. And the 22 are she... the ones that were first years this year. I mean, that's just shitty. Unrelated. How does Sally recall all that information? She has a new set of like, whatever, 250, 300 people every single year. And she's talking about how Peter Giordano was a little like whiny baby about going to school on a Saturday morning. <laughs> how does she r- retain this information? Well, Steve, our listener won't know that you were um, rudely 10 minutes late to the podcast. So Jake and I had to fill some time with Sally before we started recording. And Jake asked her this same question. And she mentioned that it is hard to remember everybody, but she keeps those Facebooks and she looks back and then it all kind of, you know, comes back to her. Yeah, Peter, if you recall, I mean, Steve does run customer experience for a multi-billion dollar tech-enabled service company, and he couldn't figure out how to show up for Zoom on time tonight. Yeah, his computer was having computer issues. So, yeah, I get, I get it. I get so it. If you're, if, you're, if your cheeseburger shows up late, you know why. Yeah, if you want a short DoorDash, now's the opportunity. <laughs> yeah, you know what? If you order a cheeseburger and you get it, then congratulations. And if you don't get it, then... You're going to have to eat something else. <laughs> Perhaps some Spanakopita. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Good callback. Great callback, Jake. Oh, what a pro. Well, I think this is a wrap on our, on our season of podcasts, but man, this was really fun chatting with what? all these people and just reminiscing about what we all have been up to. What are, what are our takeaways, Peter? What have we learned here? I've got a presentation ready. Should I share my screen now? Share the screen. Yeah, go for it. (laughs) Or is this like Seinfeld, like no hugging, no learning? I think we've learned that Steve Hooper pees from a bicycle. Dickie Smith carries his dumps out of Antarctica. Jenny Merrill's going to live on an island someday. And... uh, who I don't even know. John Kenoki's very average podcast. (laughs) Super average. And like borderline is even a friend, you know, no one even really knows. It's like, yeah. Right. Right. And, uh, and Erica Alder is just an all around champ. I mean, just tremendous. Alex Gafanti, completely unremarkable in any conceivable way. 
legitimately don't remember a thing we talked to him about. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Describe to me your your favorite vanilla ice cream. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right, All right well, friends. Well, it's been fun to our to our listeners. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Steve, oh, you want to give us a better a better conclusion than that? Oh my God, Peter! That you know what? No, after after ten episodes of great questions from you, for you to just absolutely chunk it straight into the uprights with one second on the clock. It fills me with a joy that I cannot describe. So, nope. Listener, lights going down on this podcast. It's like, what a downer. Oh, boy. All right. Well, All right, touch well, base with you guys later. We'll talk All to right. you on the road. Take care. Thanks, guys. See y'all. See y'all.